0: This is from culturevultures.com, but it has a wealth of information. It says Map of Washington DC gangs, full of tour of Washington DC hoods. Um, a map of the streets of Washington DC hoods on our tour through the Washington DC gangs in urban areas that shows different sections of the southwest, the southeast, the northeast, and the northwest, as well as the Maryland hoods. PG County, Prince George County, Montgomery County, Northern Virginia, basically the entire DMV um, area. Um, wow Among Now Um so I can see who's Matt. Highlights the streets of today and of the past, and gentrification is moving many people out of Washington DC ghetto areas, with many neighborhoods being demolished and gent- de- gentrified. Also, be clear, there are not really any Washington DC gangs compared to other citizens, and in indeed, these people are mostly affiliated with their neighborhood. Um, so, here's the shocking news I have. Happy news is that there were DC street crews that had me sell drugs in the entire Prince George's County, Maryland neighborhoods, the entire. Um, Montgomery County, Maryland neighborhoods. The entire Baltimore County, Maryland neighborhoods. I remember uh, being in You know, Anne Arundel County, Calvert County, Charles County, Howard County, Los Virginia, and Fairfax County. And they will have me sell drugs that run numbers in all those parts of Maryland. Pretty much where everywhere the DMV metro trains and metro buses are in terms of stations and bus stops, that may run numbers and sell drugs and all
1: those places.
0: Washington, D.C. Hood, Southeast D.C. Arguably was the most notable, reputable section of Washington, D.C. with rival hoods that often resemble Washington, D.C. gangs. But the Southeast is almost the last of its kind of in certification, transforming almost every section of Washington, D.C., except for the Washington, D.C. Ghetto, an urban area south of the Anacostia uh, River. From Berry Farms to Potomac Gardens to Simple City, the Southeast. Has produced some of the country's most notorious hoods. So, as I was saying, um, Washington DC hood, Southeast DC. Arguably the most notable and reputable section of Washington DC with rival hoods that to resemble Washington DC gangs. But the Southeast is almost the last of its kind, as gentrification is transforming almost every section of Washington, D.C., except for Washington, D.C., ghetto and urban areas south of the Anacostia River. From very Farms to Potomac Gardens to Simple City, of the Southeast has been well, some of the country's most notorious hoods, as Southeast, D.C., mostly consists of apartment complexes and public housing projects. I want to make, I want to state these painful past realities. In my childhood, I was forced by uh, the street crews of Washington, D.C. to sell drugs and to run numbers in Barry Farms, in Potomac Gardens, in Simple City, and uh, and on 37th Street, which is not too far from the city in Southeast D.C. And I was forced to sell drugs for numbers at apartment complexes and the public housing projects. And the uh, houses um, within Southeast D.C. too. when um, it says, First neighborhoods of the southeast were in the area of Berry Farm and Acostia dating back to the 1800s. And I must admit, where Balu High School is in Southeast DC, in that area, I was forced to sell drugs and my numbers in that area. And in the neighborhood of Anacostia, in the Acacia part of Southeast DC, I was forced to sell drugs and my numbers there. Not, you know. In- 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 within the vicinity of Anacostia, senior high school, too. And then it says, after Martin Luther King assassination rights, many white families have been deleted neighborhoods of Washington, D.C. for the suburbs and nearby Maryland, Virginia. By 1970, Southeast Washington, D.C. was predominantly black community. Today, the South Side is the only section of the city that has not been widely affected by gentrification with the only gentrified areas being the demolishing or rebuilding of certain southeast housing projects. Washington, D.C. Hood, Southwest, D.C. Southwest has always been the smallest section of Washington, D.C. as well the least known, at least to outsiders of the district. What began as a mix and diverse neighborhood changed as redeveloping of Southwest D.C. during the 1950s and 1960s destroyed much of the community, only leaving low-income apartment complexes where I was forced to sell drugs in run numbers as a child. With the destruction of most of the area, the main neighbors of Southwest Washington D.C. became Greenleaf Gardens where I was forced to sell drugs and run numbers, James Creek, where I was forced to sell drugs and run numbers, Syfax Gardens, which I was forced to sell drugs and run numbers, and the old Arthur Capers at Carrollsburg Projects, where I was forced to sell drugs and run numbers. My family, Brewer family, um, grew up in the Green. Then it says Washington, D.C. hoods, Northwest D.C., often known as Uptown Northwest D.C., which I was forced to sell drugs in my numbers, separates itself, Northwest D.C. separates itself from the rest of the city, not just by location, but by culture, history, and lifestyles. From blocks of row houses and small housing complexes, the streets of Northwest Washington, D.C., have had major changes. In the most gentrified section of the city, especially with its close location to upscale neighborhoods where I was forced to sell drugs around numbers in the White House. I sold drugs and in numbers not too far from the White House, including where the blocks of old house, small housing complexes are. Long before the days in the streets of Detroit Park, where I was forced to sell drugs around numbers and the number of hoods around First Street, Northwest DC, you know, where I was forced to sell drugs around numbers, Washington, Northwest Washington D.C. was home to one of the country's most historic and thriving all-black neighborhoods, Shaw, where I was forced to sell drugs and run numbers. Shaw was the center of all Black culture. Washington D.C.'s best in the late 1800s and mid 1900s, being home to the famous U e. Street live entertainment and numerous Black-owned businesses. And on the 14th and E Street, where the Red Light District of D.C.'s. I still saw the red light district, part of DC 14th and U, even when I was five years old. In the world of drugs, being forced to sell in my numbers, that's where I spent. That's where I spent most. Of, I spent most of my time with sex workers, also known as prostitutes, the most in that area. So, I spent time with sex workers in all the neighborhoods of, of D.C., Baltimore County, all the other counties in Maryland that I talked about. Um, but I spent most of my time... Of all the sex workers I spent most of my time with, it was the 14th and U Street. Uh... Part of DC. Of all the sex workers I was made to spend the most time with, the most time spent with sex workers the most was the street. That area, the red light district of DC that they talk about. It was still like that when I was five for from, from what I saw. Okay, Washington DC heads northeast. The largest section of the city is the northeast. Northeast DC is home to multiple sections like the Clean Side. I was forced to sell drugs around numbers there, which is north of Rhode Island Avenue, where I was forced to sell drugs around numbers, section of the Capitol, and the section south of the Intercostal River in Southeast D.C. I was made to sell drugs around numbers within those different sections. Uh, the streets of the Northwest Washington D.C. ghetto has been home to some of the city's most legendary hoods, like Parkside. I sold drugs around numbers there. I Vietnam, 21st in Maryland, KWA, Kenilworth Avenue, Trinidad, Clay Terrace, Lincoln Heights. I saw drugs, ran numbers, in all those neighborhoods. While Northeast Washington, D.C. is a predominantly black community, and in getting black families were only limited to a few of the areas in the community to led the Northeast to have some of the city's oldest all-black communities, like Deanwood, Carver, Lancaster, Rosedale, and Kingman Park, Ivy City, Brooklyn, and part of what is known the Kenilworth Avenue area. Where I was forced to sell drugs are in numbers in all those neighborhoods, all home to some of the city's first black neighborhoods. Today, gentrification is affecting numerous neighborhoods in the northeast, especially the sections near the capital. In the world of drug, in the world of um, organized crime. I did experience um, sex publishing industries which now you understand why I'm into ethical sex publishing industries and in organized crime witness tabloids now I understand why I'm, why I'm into um, wise journalism and wise news reporting. was forced to sell drugs and run numbers in all of the Virginia neighborhoods that are close to Washington DC. And yes, there were Sin City events going on there and the counties of Maryland I talked about in the D C neighborhoods I just told you all about. And many people an organized crime thought that I was a crime boss, a crime lord, a don, a gang lord, a kingpin, a godfather, a criminal mastermind. They thought that I was the head of crime family how uh, uh, many people in the streets saw me as. They saw me as the boss of all bosses, also known as the capo de capi or godfather, Italian Pragerino, as we did by leading to the most powerful boss Although the mafia, never recognized the decision itself. The highest body to decide on inter-family issues is the commissions. He also Sicilian mafia commission. They saw me as the boss of all bosses in the world of organized crime. Many street, people the criminals did. And they also saw me as the boss, also known as the capo mandamento, capo crime crime, rappresentante, Don or Godfather's highest love in the crime family. That's how they all saw me. Um and they saw me as the top decision maker when it comes to like Organized crime syndicates within the DMV area In organized crime well, Many people saw me as a drug lord Spanish capos that they saw me as the drug lord in charge of drug cartels, right? I'm not saying right as in This is good. This is all bad. I'm just saying I just make sure y'all are listening but in the world of in criminal enterprise, criminal organizations within the DMV area, many people saw me as a drug lord when it came to drug cartels. Drug lords, Spanish capos, the highest position in a drug cartel responsible for supervising the entire drug industry, appointing territorial leaders, making alliances and planning high-profile murders. That's how they all saw me. I'm here to tell you, none of those things are true about me. They're all lies and they're all bullshit. They're all make-believe, they're all mythologies, they're all myths. In the world of organized crime, when it came to street gangs I was seen many people saw me as a the, the boss, known in some groups as Leader, Elder, Don, Oya or original gangsters one who has control of the movement, plans, and actions of a gang. Gang leaders of the upper. Ech- echelons of the gang's commands often distance themselves from the gang activities and make attempts to appear legitimate possibly operating a business that they run as a front for the gang's drug dealing and other legal operations that's how i was seen by many people in the crime world and again me being a boss of street gangs lies bullshit make-believe myths and the None of the none of that is true about me. I was seen as the boss of mafias, narcos, drug cartels, street gangs, biker gangs, and prison gangs. And those are and I was seen as these ways by the D and D Crown Streets. And I'm here to tell you those are all lies, bullshits, uh, make believe mythologies, myths. Um, In the world of organized crime, I did attend, um, against my will, I did attend Buffet Flats. These joints offered a buffet of booze, sex shows, marijuana, uh, the sex industry, and other illegal diversions, typically in a private, typically in private on, a, on apartments or houses that have been divided into apartments, flats, so I did attend those. A speakeasy or other unregulated or illegal entertainment establishment which sells alcohol, usually located in an apartment or home. Buffet flats, sometimes called um, good time flats, for small, private owned, un- unlicensed clubs where customers could engage in some mundane, illegal pastimes as drinking and gambling, for starters. These fun flats also offered erotic shows that featured sex acts of every conceivable kind, and were. Only too happy to accommodate customer participation for a fee, of course. I I was forced to attend those by criminals. I attended buffet flats, good time flats when I was a five-year-old child, and I think you understand, and now you know how I feel about that. But for the new listeners, you know. I feel right now. Um I think buffet flats should be licensed, decriminalized and legalized. I value ethical buffet flats. I value ethical good time flats. Um also buffet flats accommodated the LGBT Club bus community. So you had LGBT Club bus community engaging in the buffet flats. Especially when it came to the sex and when it came to the sex work. And sleeping with each other and orgies, whole nine yards, all that stuff happened. So I think that what really makes, what really should make Buffet Flats Good Time Flats ethical is that it should accommodate the LGBTQ plus community with legality be licensed and be decriminalized so no one feels stigmatized
1: and yes
0: It was basically. Uh, um, it was basically. Um, they called them buffet flats because buffet means everything. Everything that was in the life. Ruby Smith, nineteen seventy-one. From what I saw, it's all true. All true. parties that I attended by the criminals were basically everything that happened at Buffet Flats that I told y'all about to happen in my childhood. Same things happening all at the rent parties, the same things. So, as a child, I was frequenting speakeasies and brothels and Sin City places. I think Sin City should be ethical. I think speakeasies of blockers should be a- ethical. Um, Cause organized crime versions are clearly extremely unethical. Um, let me tell you more about the buffet flats and rent parties and speakeasies of blockers that, that happened. So the you know, I put them all as the same thing because they all had the same behaviors. That's why I lumped them all in a run because lumped them all into one because it's true. So Let me tell you about what I experienced when I was five. Remember, everything I'm about to read to you is exactly what I experienced when I was five. Here we go. Buffet flats were apartment complexes of business that housed normal operations during the day. At night, they were transformed into hot gambling spots, bars, and rooms for rent that admitted prostitution. Speakeasies were also hot spots for the illegal usage of alcohol, or soliciting prostitutes. Those are the ones I attended. And I attended these against my will, so it was money generated from illicit occupations. At these buffet flats, there was also drug dealing, drug using, bootlegging, free sex and paid sex. And at the buffet flats, I saw sex happening... When it came to gender and sexual diversity, that means people of all sex, characteristics, sexual orientations, and gender identities. That's why I'm supportive of gender and sexual diversity being legal, um, being criminalized, and being ethical. So, that is where I stand. Um, when it came to organized crime, and I have to talk about this, I experienced organized crime versions of nude beaches, nude swimming, naked yoga, public bathing, saunas, massages, naked parties, nude weddings, nude beaches, clothing, optional events, nude art, history, nude modeling art, nude photography art nudity in live performances, nudity in film, nudity in American television, nudity in music videos, nudity in advertising, nude photography, glamour photography, body paintings, nudity in print media, nude calendars, naked news, imagery of nude celebrities, intimate parts, exhibitionism, voyeurism, anasarma, Candleism. mooning, Strip tea, strippers, feminist strippers, soft-core pornography, erotic photography, sexual gentrification, decent exposure, obscenity, toplessness, top freedom, Canada, the United States, for example, wardrobe, malfunctions, nudity and protest, sex segregation, breastfeeding in public, dress codes, clothing, laws by country, modesty, nudity and religion, all laws, nudity and self-clarity, strip searches, undress codes, barefoot, including streaking, nudity clauses, nudity and combat history of liberty, History of making this clothing and timeline of social nudity, including anarchist naturism, naturist resorts, naturist magazines, um, gymnosophy, gay naturism, Christian naturism, social nudity organizations, pry cop per culture. Now you understand why. I am in favor of ethical social media organizations, ethical Christian naturalism, ethical Fried core per culture, ethical gay naturalism, ethical gymnosity, ethical naturalist magazines, ethical naturalist resorts, ethical anarchist naturalism. Uh, ethical nude beaches. Ethical nude swimming. Ethical naked yoga. Ethical public bathing. Ethical saunas. Ethical massages. Ethical naked parties. Ethical nude weddings. Ethical nude beaches. Ethical clothing optional events. Ethical nude arts. Ethical history. Nude modeling art. Ethical nude photography art. Ethical nudity in live performances. Ethical nudity in films. Ethical nudity in American television. Ethical nudity in music videos. Ethical nudity in advertising. Ethical nude photography. Ethical glamour photography. Ethical body paintings. Ethical meeting in print media. Ethical nude calendars. Ethical naked news, Ethical imagery with celebrities. Ethical intimate parts. Ethical exhibitionism. Ethical voyeurism. Ethical anasarma. Ethical kandolism. Ethical mooning. Ethical striptease. Ethical strippers. Ethical feminist strippers. Ethical softcore pornography. Ethical photor- erotic photography. Um, ethical sexual... Digitalization, um, ethically decent exposure, ethical obscenity, ethical toplessness, ethical top freedom, ethical nudity in protests, um, ethical breastfeeding in public, um, ethical dress codes, ethical clothing laws by country, ethical modesty, ethical nudity in religion, ethical nudity in secular secularity, ethical aroha, ethical strip search, ethical undress codes, ethical barefoot's um, And ethical history of nudity, ethical history of nakedness and clothing, ethical timeline of social nudity, ethical nudity in combat, ethical nudity clause, and ethical streaking. You're going to fight, you know, at least fight honor. I prefer people not to do combat because they're going good, and uh, just be adults. Just be adults. Um, I'm for ethical nudity, and in the crime, organized crime version of nudity is extremely unethical. Um, and I was exposed to organized crime versions of hardcore pornography. That's why I'm for ethical hardcore. Uh, in organized crime, I experienced uh, unethical nude celebrity media, including unethical film screenshots, unethical paparazzi photographs, unethical nude photo shoots, unethical photos or videos online by recipients, and unethical fake or doctor photos. That's why I'm for ethical nude celebrity media, ethical film screenshots. Ethical paparazzi photographs, ethical nude photo shoots, ethical photos and videos released online by recipients, and ethical, real, and genuine photos. experienced unethical nude music album covers nude comic books nude magazine covers and nude need advertising need un- unethical nude ethnographic photography nude unethical need studies in the body need sexual education unethical nude derived depictions unethical Nudity and art. That's why I'm for ethical nudity and art. Ethical nude necks cups. Ethical nude couples. Ethical nude musical cups. Ethical nude erotic depictions. Ethical nude ethnographic talk, Ethical nude sexual patients. ethical studies in the body. I'm for the ethical depictions of nudity that are educational and informational because the ones that are information educational are prescribed. Regarding nudity were all extremely unethical So I'm for depictions of nudity in advertising that are ethical because of an organized crime
1: depictions of nudity
0: regard to advertising are unethical. what is called Cruising for Sex and it was unethical in our Um, that's why I'm for ethical cruising for sex in organized crime all these things were unethical because it involved um, lying to self and others pretending to not be LGBTQI Plus, but they actually were. And a lot of some of the criminals, many of them were LGBTQ. So in organized crime I experienced gay bars, adult video arcades, glory holes, adult movie theaters, public toilet restrooms, parks, saunas, gyms, and gay bathhouses. And these were all places where LGBTQ sex occurred. So I'm for ethical LGBTQ plus sex. So I'm for ethical gay bars, ethical adult video arcades, ethical host, ethical adult music videos, ethical public toilets, ethical parks, ethical saunas, ethical gyms, ethical gay bathrooms. So many of the people I know in organized crime were who pretended to be straight and male assigned to birth, they were actually men who had sex with men, but they did not publicly identify with being homosexual or bisexual, they were closeted, married, or just in a relationship with a woman, unmarried, and they were in relationships with women, um, They would date men secretly, they would frequent gay bars secretly, they would frequent gay clubs with gay websites secretly, and some of them had otherwise no other way of meeting men for sex, but these things happen. So I think it's okay, ethically, it's okay for men to have sex with men and be ethical about it. It's okay to identify with being homosexual, bisexual. It's okay to be open about your um, gender identities, your sexual orientation, your sex characteristics. It's okay to have relationships with people you are genuinely attracted to and not lie about it. It's okay to be in a community relationship if you want to. It's okay to be a casual relationship if you want to. It's okay to date who you really love and lust for. It's okay to Frequent LGBT club plus bars, clubs, and websites and be proud of it without any form of deception. And it's okay to have ethical ways of meeting who you're attracted to for, for sex regardless of where you personally identify. So I'm talking about in the past I saw organized crime. Also in organized crime, I saw... Um, a lot of women who pretend to be straight but I saw women who had sex with women but they did not identify with being lesbian or bisexual. They were closeted somewhere in relationships with men or, you know, married or in relationship with men unmarried. And they dated women secretly. They the frequent uh lgbt club plus bars clubs and websites secretly and they uh, some of them had no uh, no otherwise no other some of them otherwise had no other way of meeting women for sex um So there's more that I want to say. Um, it's okay for women to have sex with women. It's okay to identify as being lesbian or bisexual. It's okay to be publicly um LGBTQ plus it's admit it if you want to casual if you want to it's okay to have relationships with people you're generally attracted it to it's okay to date who you really are fond of and it's okay to frequent LGBTQ plus bars, clubs websites without being shameful about it and it's okay to meet who you really dig for sex without deception so um, I met people who would publicly say that they were women, but privately admitted that they were non-binary. So it's okay to be non-binary and open about who you are. You don't have to tell the whole world who you're attracted to, what your genders are, if you don't want to. And I've met people who said publicly, this is my gender or my genders, but they privately admitted they were genderless. So it's okay to be non-binary and genderless. It's okay. And no shame, no deception. You don't have to let everyone know if you don't want
1: to.
0: You know, I remember in organized crime, I remember what is called frequenting gay beats. Uh, this is where uh, I saw things uh the term beat is used to refer to an area frequented by in my case it was frequented by gay men and lesbian women genderless and non-binary people where sexual acts occurred the use of the word parodies the beat walked by a police officers or processing. um even though yes the, the, the beat was also an area where they were frequented by prostitutes where sexual acts did occur and it was f- it was also an area frequented by people were just horny. It didn't matter if they're gender sexual diversity. People of the entire gender sexual diversity would meet there with sexual acts that occur. Um, and it, and I saw these things happening most commonly: the public toilets, parks, and nightclubs use as beats. Though sometimes suburban car parks become beats after nightfall. Um, this is a plethora of venues for meeting legitimate. Yeah. So I value ethical gay beats and ethical beats for gay men, lesbian, women, gender, non-binary, genderless, sex workers, and people of the entire gender sexual diversity. In organized crime, there was an underground LGBTQ culture when it came to drag kings, drag queens, pride parades, rainbow flags, and drag shows, gay villages, and gay boards. I saw these things. That's why I am for ethical LGBTQ plus culture where drag kings, drag queens, pride parades, rainbow flags, gay and gay villages should all be decriminalized, um, legal, and ethical. And also, in the world of organized crime, I saw um, pride events I would go to. And you know, because there were criminals who knew that I was not homophobic, I was not transphobic, I was a phobic, and when it came to me to the bus people, they would take me to these things. And um, And that's why I'm for pride events all over the world, being ethical, legalized, and decriminalized. Um, I'm for ethical pride events. I'm for ethical pride flags. The ones I saw in organized crime, it it was having to hide all of who they were. Things, um, in the world of organized crime, experience the missionary position, penetrating partners on top of the front. Now, it's not easy for me to say these things. The organized crime, I experienced the most used sex position being the missionary position. This position, the Participants face each other, the receiving partner lies on their back with legs apart while the penetrating partner lies on top. This position, the following variations may be used for vaginal or anal. All those things in organized crime are bad, but all those things can be ethical and are when people are treated humanely and seen humanely, okay? So, an organized crime, I experience all these things, then I'll tell you how they can be. In organized crime, I experience the penetrating partner standing in front of the receiving partner whose legs dangle over the edge of the bed or some other platform like a table. receiving partner's legs lift towards the ceiling and is resting against the penetrating partner. This is sometimes called the butterfly position. It's not, it's not the partner lies in the back. The penetrating partner stands and lifts the seeding partner's pelvis for penetration. The parent is for the seating partner to rest their legs and penetrate the partner's shoulders. The partner lies in the back, legs pulled up straight, knees and the head. Penetrating partner holds the receiving partner's legs and penetrates from above. Similarly to the previous position, the receiving partner's legs need not be straight, and the penetrating partner wraps their arms around the receiving partner to push the legs as close as possible to the chest. Hold the stop, which is in Burton's translation of the perfume garden. The coil alignment technique of is tissue where a warm, disgusting penetration. Up and on the part until the penis is pointed down. The dorsal side of the penis, no replication the torus. Receiving the receiving partner cross their feet behind their head or at least puts their feet next to their ears while lying on their back. The penetrating partner then holds the receiving the partner tightly around each instep or ankle and lies of receiving the partner for a length. A variation is to have the receiving partner cross their ankles on their stomach. Knees to shoulders then have the penetrating partner line the of receiving partner's crossed ankles a different way weight called the be a nest or by the of sex, I experienced all those things on organized crime, but all those things can be ethical and are ethical. So
1: there's a difference
0: between all those things being unethical because of organized crime and all these things being ethical because when done right, People are seen and treated humanely. These, all these things are beautiful things. Okay, so in the world of organized crime, I experienced penetrating from behind doggy style. Most of these positions can be used for either vaginal or anal penetration. Variants the doggy style or doggy position include the receiving partner is on all fours with their torso horizontal, and the penetrating partner inserts either their penis or sex toy into either the vagina or anus from behind, the receiving partner's torso is angled downwards and the penetrating partner raises their own hips above those of the receiving partner for maximum penetration. The penetrating partner places their feet on each side of the receiving partner while keeping their knees bent and effectively raising up as high as possible while maintaining penetration. The penetrating partner's hands usually have to be placed on the receiving partner's back to keep from falling forward. The receiving partner kneels upright while the penetrating partner gently pulls the receiving partner's arms backwards at the wrist towards them. In the spoon's position, both partners lie on their side, facing the same direction. Variants of the technique. Includes the following: Receiving partner lies on the side. The penetrating partner kneels and penetrates from behind. Alternatively, the penetrating partner can stand if the receiving partner is on a raised surface. The receiving partner lies face down in prone position, possibly with their legs spread. The penetrating partner lies on top of them. The placement of a pillow beneath the receiving partner's hips can also increase stimulation in this position. The receiving partner lies face down, knees together, the penetrating partner lies on top with spread legs, the receiving partner lies on the side with their uppermost leg forward, the penetrating partner kneels the stride, the receiver's lowermost most legs. A rear penetration position commonly kind of referred to as dog style, the receiving partner can be penetrated either vaginally or anally, a turco in lying position. Um... i experienced all those things in organized crime so all those things are unethical because of organized crime but all these things can be ethical and are ethical um and and all these things are beautiful things because people are being seen and treated humanely in organized crime i experienced receiving partner on top woman on top man on top genderless on top non-binary on top lgbtq community on top most of these positions can be used for either vaginal or anal penetration when the receiving partner is a woman or any other gender or genderless identifications these positions are sometimes called the woman on top or calico positions or person on top positions um a feature of these positions is that the penetrating partner lies on their back with the receiving partner on top. The receiving partner can kneel while straddling the penetrating partner with the participants facing each other. Alternatively, the receiving partner can face away from the penetrating partner. This position is sometimes called the reverse cowgirl position or reverse person position. The receiving partner can arch arc. The receiving partner can arch back with hands on the ground. The receiving partner can squat instead of kneel facing the penetrating partner the receiving partner can bring forward their knees against the ground the receiving partner lies with upper back on a low table couch chair or edge of bed keeping their feet flat on the floor and back parallel to floor the receiving partner straddles them also keeping their feet on the floor the receiving partner can assume any of the of various positions the lateral coil position was recommended by masters johnson's preferred by three quarters of their heterosexual study participants after having tried it. The position involves the male on his back with the female rolled slightly onto the sides of her pelvis is atop his, but her weight is beside his. The position can also be used for anal penetration, it's not limited to heterosexual partners. I saw all these things I saw happen to the entire gender sexual gender, sexual diversity and organized crime, and not just heterosexuals or gendered persons. Um, all these things are unethical within organized crime, but all these things are beautiful things and ethical things when people are seen and are treated humanely. Um, in organized crime... I experienced the sitting and kneeling sex positions. Most of these positions can be used for either vaginal or penetration. The penetrating partner sits on an area surface, legs outstretch, outstretched. The sitting partner sits on top of that the legs of the penetrating partner, it's called pounding on the spot in the birth translation of the perfume garden. If the penetrating partner sits cross legged, it's called the loitus position or lotus flower. The position can be combined with fondling of training zones. Penetrating partner sits in a chair. Receiving the receiving partner straddles penetrating the partner and sits facing the penetrating partner. Feet on the floor is sometimes called a, a lap dance. It's somewhat erroneous as a lap dance if it does not involve penetration. The receiving partner may also sit in reverse with their back to the penetrating partner. The penetrating partner sits on a couch or on a chair that has armrests. The receiving partner sits in the penetrating partner's lap perpendicular to the penetrating partner with their back against the armrest. The penetrating partner kneels while the receiving partner lies on their back, ankles on each side of the penetrating partner's shoulders. A couple performing sexual intercourse from the seated position called the lotus position or lotus flower. So all these things are unethical and ugly within organized crime. But all these things are ethical and beautiful when people are seated are seen and treated humanely. Remember, people being seen and treated humanely. Um, well, all these okay. In organized crime I experienced the standing sex positions. Standing. Most of these positions can be used for either vaginal or anal penetration. In the basic standing position, both partners stand facing each other. The following variations are possible. In the basic standing position, both partners stand facing each other and engage in vaginal sex. In order to match heights, the shorter partner can, for instance, stand on a stair or wear high heels. It may be easier to maintain solid thrust if the woman has her back to a wall. With such a support, the Karma Sutra calls this position to suspended Congress. This position is most often used in upright places such as a wall, in a bedroom, or a shower. The penetrating partner stands and the receiving partner wraps their arms around his neck and their legs around his waist, thereby exposing either the vagina or anus to the man's penis. This position is made easy with the use of a solid object behind the receiver as above. To assume this position, it'd be easier to start with the receiving partner laying on their back on the edge of the bed, Penetrating partner puts his elbows under their knees, interested and then lifts them up as he rises to a standing position. In Japan, this is colloquially called the Ekabit position after a specific bento lunch box sold at train stations. Alternatively, the receiving partner can face away from the penetrating partner, which allows for anal sex. This position is varied by having the receiving partner assume different semi-standing positions. For instance, they may bend at the waist, resting their hands or elbows on a table. So all these and one partner stands while holding up the other without a support call to spend the congress and the common sutra so i experienced all these things within organized crime and all these sex positions that i'm telling you i saw it happen in the entire gender sexual diversity so i'm not leaving anybody out but all these all those things you know all the standing sex positions are unethical and ugly within organized crime ...but are beautiful and ethical... ...they all are when people are seen and treated humanely. So... ...there's more that I am definitely going to share with you because... ...um... ...this helps me heal sexually too. Because now I understand... um, how i'm supposed to be sexually for myself in the world of organized crime i experience anal sex positions anal sex um these positions involve anal penetration doggy style penetration maximizes the depth of penetration but can pose the risk of pushing against the sigmoid colon if the receiving partner is male this increases the chance of stimulating the prostate the penetrating partner controls the thrusting rhythm. A variation is the leap position, in which the receiving partner angles their torso downward. The receiving partner may also lie flat and face down, with the penetrating partner straddling their thighs. In the missionary position, to achieve optimal alignment, the receiving partner's legs should be in the air with the knees drawn towards their chest. Some sort of support, such as a pillow under the receiving partner's hips, can also be useful. The penetrating partner positions themselves between the receiving partner's legs. The penetrating partner controls the thrusting rhythm, the p- this position is often cited as good for beginners because it allows them to relax more fully than is usual in a doggy style position. The spoon's position allows the receiving partner to control initial penetration in depth, speed, and force of subsequent thrusting. The receiving partner on top positions allows the receiving partner more control over depth, rhythm, and speed of penetration. More specifically, the receiving partner can slowly push their anus down on the penetrating partner, allowing time for their muscles to relax. And you know, sex within two men in the missionary position. So, organized crime, this is all bad. Outside of organized crime, when people are seen and treated humanely, it's all good. In organized crime, I experience less common positions. These positions are more innovative and perhaps not as widely known or practiced as the ones listed above. The receiving partner lies on their back with knees up and legs apart. The penetrating partner lies on their side, perpendicular. To the receiver with penetrating partners' hips under the arch formed by receiver's legs so and position sometimes called the T-square or the T-square position. The receiving partners' legs are together, turning to one side while looking up towards the penetrator with spread legs and is kneeling straight behind the opposite hips. The penetrating the penetrator's hands are on the opposite hips. This position can be called the modified T-square position. The seventh. Posture, Bert's translation of the perfume garden, is an unusual position not described in other classical sex manuals. The receiving partner lies on their side. The penetrating partner faces the receiver, straddling, receives his lower leg, and lifts the receiver's upper leg on either side of the body onto the crooked, penetrating partner's elbow or onto the shoulder. While some references describe this position as being for acrobats not to be taken seriously, Others have found it very comfortable, especially during pregnancy. The pal drive is a difficult position sometimes seen in porn videos. It is described in many ways by different sources in heterosexual contexts, the woman lies on her back and raises her hips as high as possible so that her partner standing can enter her vaginally or anally. The position places considerable strain on the woman's neck so firm cushions should be used to support her. The receiver lies face down, legs spread on the edge of the band and parallel to the floor while the penetrator stands behind holding both legs the rusty bike pump is similar to a power drive where penetration is achieved from above at a downward angle with the receiving partner bottom side up all these things are unethical and ugly with an organized crime outside of organized crime people are seen and treated humanely these things are all ethical and beautiful others positions these are the other positions i experienced with an organized crime receiving partners on the bottom the penetrating partner lies on top perpendicular to them the penetrating partner lies on their back legs spread receiving partners on their back on top of the penetrator legs spread facing opposite direction the penetrator and receiver lie on their backs heads pointed away from one another Each places one leg on the other shoulder as a brace and the other leg out somewhat to the side. The receiving partner lies on their back with the penetrating partner lying perpendicular. The receiving partner bends the knee closest to the penetrating partner's head enough so that there is room for the penetrating partner's waist to fit beneath it, while the penetrating partner's leg straddle the receiving partner's other leg. The in and out thrusting action will move more along a side-to-side rather than top-to-bottom axis. This is sometimes called the scissors position. This position allows for breast stimulation during sex for partners maintain eye contact if they wish and for a good view of both partners as they reach orgasm. The penetrating partner sits on edge of bed or chair with feet spread wide on the floor. The receiving partner lies on their back on the floor and drapes their legs and thighs over the legs of the penetrating partner. The penetrating partner holds the knees of the receiving partner and controls thrust. All those things are bad within organized crime. Outside of organized crime, when people are seen and treated humanely, all these things are good. Um, using furniture or special apparatus, I saw this in the work also all these things in the world of organized crime. Most sex acts are typically most sex acts are typically performed on a bed or other simple platform. As the range of support, as the range of supports available increases, so does the range of positions that are possible. Ordinary furniture can be used for this purpose. Also, various forms of erotic furniture and other apparatus such as fisting slings and trap pieces have been used to facilitate even more exotic sexual positions. All those things are bad within organized crime. But outside of organized crime, when people are treated and seen uh, humanely, all those things are good i saw this i saw these things all these things in the world of organized crime positions to promote or prevent conception birth control and misconceptions pregnancy is a potential result of any form of sexual activity where sperm comes in contact with the vagina This typically during vaginal sex but pregnancy can result from anal sex digital sex fingering oral sex or by another body part if sperm is transferred From one area to the vagina between a fertile female and a fertile male. Men and women are typically fertile during puberty. Though certain sexual positions are believed to produce more favorable results than others, none of these are effective means of contraception. Um, All the things are bad with an organized crime, but when people are seen and treated humanely outside of organized crime, all these things are good uh positions during pregnancy i saw these things happening in the world of organized crime the goal is to prevent excessive pressure on the belly to restrict penetration as required by the particular partner some of the positions below are popular positions for sex during pregnancy woman on top takes the pressure off of the woman's abdomen allows her to control the depth and frequency of thrusting woman on back like the missionary but with less pressure on the abdomen or uterus the woman lies on her back and raises her knees up towards her chest. The partner kneels between her legs and enters from the front. A pillow is placed under her bottom for added comfort. Side also keeps pressure off her abdomen while supporting her uterus at the same time. Spooning, very popular condition during the late stages of pregnancy, allowing only shadow penetration release the pressure on the stomach. Sitting, she mounts the sitting partner, relieving her stomach of pressure from behind, allowing her to support stomach and breast. All those things are bad within organized crime. Outside of organized crime, when people are seen and treated humanely, all those things are good. But so now I'm going to just read it all and then summarize it here i go i saw all these things happening in the world of organized crime not exclusively penetrative oral sex positions all sex is general stimulation by the mouth it may be penetrative or non-penetrative it may take place before during as or following intercourse it may also be performed simultaneously for example while well, when one partner performs kind while the other partner performs fellatio only one partner may perform upon the other this creates multitude variations fellatio Thelatio oral sex, frog penis. Possible positions include sitting. The receiver lies on his back, while the partner kneels between his legs. The receiver lies on his back while the partner lies off to the side of their legs. The receiver sits in a chair, the partner kneels in front of them, between their legs, standing. The receiver stands while the partner either kneels in front of them or sits in a chair on the edge of a bed, etc. and bends forward. The receiver stands while the partner, also standing, bends forward at the waist. The receiver stands or crouches at the edge of the bed, facing the bed. The active partner lies on the bed with their head hanging over the edge of the bed backward. The receiver inserts their penis into the partner's mouth, usually to achieve deep throat penetration line. While the active partner lies on their back, the receiver assumes the missionary position but adjusts it forward. The, receiver, the active partner with breast lies on their back, and the receiver inserts their penis between the breast and into the mouth. Conilingus. Conilingus is oral sex performed in the vulva and vagina. Positive positions include the receiver lies on her back as in a missionary position. The active partner lies on their front between her legs. The active partner sits, the receiver stands facing away and bends at the hips. The active partner sits, the receiver stands or squats facing towards partner and may arch her back to create for stimulation. The active partner lies on their back while the receiver kneels with their legs at their sides and the genitals on their mouth. In other words, the receiver sits on the face of her partner. The receiver rests on all fours as in a doggy style position. The partner lies on their back with their head under the genitalia. Their feet may commonly extend off the bed and rest on the floor. The receiver services their own genitals, although rare, some people still find this possible seat autofillatio. The receiver um, stands, possibly bracing themselves against the wall. The active partner kneels in front of them. The receiver sits on the bed with their legs open. The active partner kneels in front of them. The receiver is upside down, standing on hands held by a partner or using support such as bondage or furniture, with the active partner standing or kneeling, depending on elevation front or behind. Such a position may be difficult to achieve or maintain for extended time periods. But the rush of blood to the brain can alter stimulations of fat. The receiver stands on hands, resting each leg on either side of the active partner's head, with the active partner standing or kneeling the facing them. Depending on which way up the receiver is facing, different stimulation levels, a couple levels of comfort may be possible. 69. Simultaneous oral section, two people's call 69 partners may be female and male, they can lie side by side, lie one on top of the other or stand with one partner holding the other upside down. Analingus positions for analingus, also known as butt licking, rimming, anal, oral sex, rim, drop, or tossing the salad, are often variants on those for genital oral sex. Analingus can be performed in a number of sex positions, including the passive partners on all fours in the doggy position with the active partner behind. The passive partner on their back in missionary position with their legs up. The passive partner on top in the 69 position. The rusty trombone in which a male stands while the active partner performs both analingus from behind, generally from a kneeling position, and also performs masturbation facial in a standing partner, thus somewhat resembling someone playing the trombone. Other positions, fingering of the of vagina, or anus. Shocker, simultaneous fingering the vagina, anus, using one hand. The index and middle finger are inserted in the vagina and the pinky and the anus. A number of variations are possible by using different combinations of fingers in each orifice. Fisting. Inserting the entire hand into the vagina or anus. This usually requires large amounts of lubricant and relaxation. The hand is usually not act- actually made into a fist, instead the thumb is placed between the middle and ring fingers. Fisting can cause laceration or perforation of the vagina and erect and causing resulting in serious injury and even death. So I experienced all those things in organized crime which are all bad, but outside of organized crime, all those things are good when people are seen and treated humanely. In organized crime I experience exclusively penetrating penetrative sex. These positions involve the insertion of a phallic object such as a penis, strap-on, dildo, plug, other non-porous objects into a vagina and mouth. All those things are good outside of organized crime and people are seeing the truth humane. Um, Next. Uh, Genital genital rubbing. I experienced all this in the world of organized crime, including integral sex, rotten tribe Genital rubbing, often termed GG rubbing by primatologists, described behavior among female bonobos, it is the sexual act of mutually rubbing genitals. It is sometimes grouped with fraudish, but other terms such as non penetrated sex or out of course are also used. Intercrural sex or sex, the penis is placed in the parts of perhaps rubbing the vulva, scrotum, or perineum. Fraud or fraudish, two males mutually rubbing penises together. Tribidism or tribing, two females mutually rubbing vulvae together docking mutual masturbation by inserting the glands, penis skins, the poroskin of another penis. So all those things are unethical because of organized crime, all these things can be ethical outside of organized crime. People are seen and treated humanely. Non-penetrative sex. I experienced all these things in the world of organized crime. Non-penetrative sex or fraud. non sex or fraud generally refers to a sexual activity that excludes penetration and often includes rubbing one's genitals on one's sexual partner. This may include the partner's genitals or box and involve different sex positions. As part of foreplay to avoid penetrative sex, people engage in a variety of non-penetrative sexual behavior, which may or may not lead to orgasm. Mutual masturbation, manual stimulation of the penis or scrotum and nails in males and the clitoris or entire vulva in females. Partners simultaneously stimulating each other's genitals by mutual simultaneous masturbation. Rhythmic intergenital contact, apparition, or actual penetrative intercourse can lead to orgasm in one partner or the other, or sometimes simultaneously in both. Dry humping, frottage while clothed. This act is common, although not essential, in the dance style known as grinding. Hand job or fingering. Manual stimulation of a part of his penis, scrotum, clitoris, or entire vulva, known as wanking in the UK and fapping in modern colloquial terms. Foot jobs using the feet to stimulate the penis. Mammary of course, using the breast together to stimulate the penis through the cleavage. Should not be confused with a boob job, meaning to have augmented surgery done on the breast, also called a tit job, titty fucking, a tit wank. Several other slang terms exist. Exhilarant intercourse with the penis and the armpit, commonly known as bagpiping. Orgasm controlled by self or by a partner, managing the physical stimulation and sensation connected with the emotional and physiologic excitement levels through the practice of masturbation. individual can learn to develop control of their own bodies' as orgasmic response and timing. In partner stimulation, either partner can control their own orgasmic response and timing. With mutual agreement, either partner can similarly learn to control or enhance their partner's orgasmic response and timing. Partner stimulation orgasm techniques, referred to as expanded orgasm, extended orgasm, orgasm control, can be learned and practiced with either partner to refine their control of the orgasmic response of the other. Partners mutually choose which is in control in response to. Orgasmic meditation is a mindfulness practice where the object of meditation is conscious finger to genital contact. Oming ming is practiced in pairs with, with one partner gently holding the genitals with both hands and the an index finger gently. Precisely, slowly stroking the female's couture specifically with both parties, placing that complete awareness mindful on that localized point of contact between them. Both practitioners focus their fullest attention on their sensitive nerve endings and on their finest muscle control and stroking movement to develop connective, limbic resonance between practitioners. The outcome is not simply orgasm, but interpersonal connection. Slang term humping may refer to masturbation, thrusting one's shingles against the surface of non sexual objects, clothed or unclothed, or it may refer to penetrating sex. All those things are unethical within organized crime. But outside of organized crime, when people are seeing treated humanely. all these things are good. Here's where I finish up with the... uh, Real quick, um... direct, direct, penis contact, fraud, interferal sex, um, fallational, backing analingus, 69, missionary position, bottom, versatile, top, switch, anal sex, mutual masturbation, uh, oral sex, and All of the other gay sexual practices. I experienced all these things within organized crime. Um, And it was kept hidden because organized crime is extremely um, cis hetero patriarchy minded. Um, So all those things were unethical because of organized crime. Um, But all these things are beautiful outside of organized crime. People are seen and treated humanely. I am for gay sexual practices when people are are honest. I would say the same thing about heterosexual sexual practices as well. I would say the same about transsexual practices also. Um. In the world of organized crime, I witnessed lesbian sexual practices. Oral stimulation of the nipples, or manual stimulation of the nipples, preparing the breast for breastfeeding and breastfeeding, um, touching of a partner's erogenous zones by the use of hands, tongue, or rest of the mouth may, may be regarded as indicators of the partner's desire for sexual activity, and erotic stems to turn on sexual arousal uh stimulation of a partner's breast uh touching kissing smiling looking serious and em- touching kissing smiling looking serious embracing talking digital and of course pressing looking this undressing remembering later making sounds sometimes gently biting, sometimes crying and breathing and sighing together um kissing sucking licking and specifically for oral sex a woman's mouth lip and tongue may be sensitive erogenous zones breast and nips stimulation of a woman is a common aspect of sexual activity um the scissor position missionary woman on top doggy style scissors and other positions finger penetration with a dildo missionary strap on dildo sex toys, a dildo anal or penetration deeper vaginal penetration stimulating the g-spot the g-spot area fingering oral main stimulation of the vulva particular the clitoris um and analingus conalingus analingus oral sex main stimulation tribalism a playful spank to the buttocks, genitals, nipples, or buttocks, fingering from behind, message or stimulation of erogenous zones, um, female submission, female dominance, female BDSM. Person, dog, and may be passive and open to a variety of sex acts, generally at the choice of the active partners that so the fingering from behind, um, a pecker gag, adult pacifier, sex objects. Choosing the type and pace of sex activity can introduce uh, sex toys. Um. A a vibrator into the vagina or anus. A pecker gag used to gag a strength part as well as required to suck during the sexual activity and smaller in a similar manner to an adult past five to beetisembraxis. All those things um because of organized crime making them have to live a lie meaning they had to hide their lesbianism they had to hide their homosexuality that's what makes it all unethical but these, all these things can be good outside of organized crime people are seen and treated humanely so I, I, I appreciate lesbian sexual practices, I appreciate gay sexual practices, and I appreciate heterosexual sexual practices, I appreciate trans, um, person's sexual practices. I'm explaining the difference between organized crime and common everyday people. You know, kissing on the cheek, probably kissing the whisper around, prologue kiss or hugs, are the forms of touching. Bad with organized crime. Beautiful outside of organized crime because people are seen and treated as humans. So I had to really make it my responsibility uh, to communicate these things. There's more. In organized crime, I experienced group sex. People are equating group sex, while group sex is not implied that all participants must be in sexual contact with all others simultaneously. Some positions are only possible with three or more people. As with the positions listed above, more group sex positions become practical if erotic furniture is used. Threesomes. When three people have sex with each other, it's called a threesome. Possible ways of having all partners in sexual contact with each other include some of the following. One person performs oral sex on one partner while they engage in receptive anal vaginal intercourse with the other partner, sometimes called a spit roast. The 369 position is where two people engage in oral sex in the 69 position while a third person positions himself to penetrate one of the others, usually a man engaging in sex doggy style with a woman on top in the 69 position. A man has vaginal or anal sex with one partner while himself being anally penetrated by another, possibly with a strap on the dildo. partners lie or stand in parallel with one with one between the other two sometimes called a sandwich this term may specifically refer to double penetration of a woman with one penis in her anus and the other in her vagina or of a male with two penises in his anus two participants have vaginal slash penal sex with each other and one slash both perform oral sex on a third Three people perform oral slash vaginal anal sex on one another simultaneously, it's commonly called a daisy chain. The slang term lucky Pierre sometimes used in reference to the person playing the middle role in the threesome, being anally penetrated while engaging in penetrative anal or vaginal sex. Four something, 469 is a four person sexual position where two individuals engaged in 69 oral sex with while a third and a fourth person both position themselves on each end to penetrate the two engage in simultaneous oral sex similar to a 369 with the addition of a fourth person with many participants these positions can be expanded to accommodate any number of participants a group of males masturbating is called a circle jerk a group of males masturbating jack-laden on one person's face is known as a bukeki a group of men, women are both each perform oral sex upon each other in a circular arrangement, is a daisy chain. When one, one man, when one woman or man is given a serial or parallel attention to many involving, often involving, we pulling the train, this often turned to multiple penetration. A person may be sexually penetrated multiple times simultaneously. Penetration may involve the use of fingers, toes, sex toys, or penises. Screens of multiple penetration are common in pornography. One person is penetrated by two objects is generically called double penetration, DP. Double penetration of the vagina, anus, or mouth can involve simultaneous penetration of the anus by two penises or other objects. This is commonly called double anal penetration, DAP or double stuffing. Simultaneous simultaneous penetration of the vagina by two penises or other objects. This is commonly called double vaginal penetration, (DVP) or double stuffing. Simultaneous penetration of the vagina and anus. If this is done using penises slash strap or dildos, this is sometimes called the sandwich or big mat. The shocker see above accomplishes this using several fingers of one hand. Simultaneous penetration of the mouth and either the vagina or anus. The penetrating objects or penises is this sometimes called the spit rolls, the Chinese finger trap, or the F Eiffel Tower. All those things are bad within organized crime, but outside of organized crime and people are seeing true humane, all those things are good. Within organized crime, this is what I commonly experienced. I saw rape trauma syndrome happening Yes, in organized crime, I did experience acquaintance rape, campus rape, corrective rape, LGBT, sexual assault of LGBTQ plus people, date rape, gang rape, genocidal rape, gray rape, live streaming rape, marital rape, prison rape, reproductive Mm coercion rape, statutory rape, rape, knowledge rape, rape by deception, rape culture, prude shaming, slut shaming, sex shaming, victim blaming, victim shaming, kink-shaming, crude-shaming, self objectification, trivializing rape, and widespread rape refusing to acknowledge the harm caused by sexual rape or some combination of these. Rape culture. I, I saw this oh. thing. This more than this, crime. So I already mentioned that in previous episodes. You're probably wondering, why are you repeating yourself? Because of what I'm about to tell you, it'll make sense why I repeating myself. Because in organized crime, I commonly saw rape trauma syndrome. Acute stage. The acute stage occurs in the days or weeks after a rape. Durations vary as to the amount of time the victim may remain in the acute stage. The immediate symptoms may last a few days to a few weeks and may overlap with the outward adjustment stage. According to SCARS, there is no typical response among rape victims. However, the U.S. Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, RAIN, Such that in most cases, a rape victim's acute stage can be classified as one of the responses expressed. They may appear agitated or hysterical, may suffer from crying spells or anxiety attacks. Control the survivor appears to be without emotion. Acts if nothing happened, everything is fine. Or shock slash disbelief. The survivor reacts with a strong sense of disorientation. They may have difficulty concentrating, making decisions, or doing everyday tasks. They may also have poor recall of the assault. Not all rape survivors show their emotions outwardly. Some may appear calm and unaffected by the assaults. Behaviors present in the acute stage can include diminished alertness, numbness, dulled sensory, affective and memory functions, disorganized thought content, vomiting, nausea, paralyzing anxiety, pronounced internal tremor, obsession to wash or clean themselves, hysteria, confusion and crying, bewilderment, acute sensitivity to the reaction of other people. In the world of organized crime, I saw the outward adjustment stage. Survivors in this stage seem to have resumed their normal lifestyle. However, they sometimes suffer profound internal turmoil, which may manifest in a variety of ways as the survivor copes the long-term trauma of a rape. In the 1976 paper Burgess and Holmstrom no, note, that all, note that all but one of their 92 subjects exhibit maladaptive coping mechanisms after a rape. The outward adjustment stage may last from several months to many years after a rape. Rain, um identifies five main coping strategies during the outward adjustment phase. Minimization, pretending everything is fine. Dramatization, cannot stop talking about the assaults. Suppression, refuses to discuss the rapes. Explanation, analyze what happened. Flight, moves to, new sit, moves to a new home or city, all disappearance. Other coping mechanisms that may appear during the outward adjustment phase include poor health in general, continuing anxiety, sense of helplessness, carelessness of themselves or others around them, they could not protect themselves against the attacks, so they lose self-care, hypervigilance, inability to maintain previously close relationships, experiencing a general response of nervousness known as the startle response, persistent fear and or depression at much higher rates than the general population, mood swings from relatively happy to depression or anger, extreme anger and hostility, they're very hateful towards the ones that are closest to them. Some survivors may even say, I hate people, I hate the world. Sleep disturbances, such as vivid dreams and recurring nightmares, insomnia, wakefulness, night terrors, flashbacks, dissociation, feeling like one is not attached to one's body, panic attacks, reliance on coping mechanisms, some of which may be beneficial, example, philosophy, family support, and others that may ultimately be counterproductive. Examples are self-harm, drug, or alcohol abuse. In the world of organized crime, I witnessed the lifestyles. Survivors in this stage can have their lifestyle effect in some of the following ways. Their sense of personal security or safety is damaged. They feel hesitant to enter new relationships, questioning their sexual identity or sexual orientation. More typical of men rape by other men or women rape by other women. Sex relationships become disturbed. Many survivors have reported they were unable to reestablish normal sex relations and often shied away from sexual contact at some time after the rape. Some report inhibit sexual response and flashbacks to the rape during intercourse. Conversely, some rape survivors become hypersexual or promiscuous following sexual attacks. Sometimes it's a way to reassert a measure of control over their sexual relations. Some rape survivors may see the world as a more threatening place to live in, so they will place restrictions on their lives, including their normal activities. For example, they may discontinue previously active involvements in societies, groups or clubs or a parent. Well, the survivor of rape may place restrictions on the freedom of their children physiological responses whether or not they were injured during a sexual assault survivors exhibit higher rates of poor health in the months and years after the assault including acute so disorders, physical symptoms with no identifiable cause physiological reactions such as tension headaches fatigue general feelings of soreness or localized pain in the chest Throat, arms, and legs. Specific symptoms may occur that relate to the area of the body assaulted. Survivors of oral rape may have a variety of mouth and throat complaints, while survivors of vaginal or anal rape have physical reactions related to these areas. I saw all these things occur in the world of organized crime. In the world of organized crime, I also experienced Nature of the assault The nature of the act, the relationship with the offender, the type and amount of force used, and circumstances of the assault all influence the impact of the assault on in the victim. When the assault is committed by a stranger, fear seems to be the most difficult emotion to manage for many people. Feelings of vulnerability arise. More common assaults are committed by someone the victim knows and trusts. be heightened feelings of self-blame and guilt. Underage stage, victims attempt to return to their lives. Of, victims attempt to return to their lives as if nothing happened. Many block thoughts of the assault from their minds and may not want to talk about the incident or any of the related issues. They don't want to think about it. Victims may have difficulty in concentrating and some depression, dissociation, and trying to get back to their lives before the assault. The underground stage may last for years and the victim seems as if they are over it despite the fact that emotional issues are not resolved. I saw all those things happen in the world of organized crime. There's more I saw in the world of organized crime. The re- reorganization stage may return to emotional turmoil. The return of emotional pain can extremely frighten people in this stage. Fears and phobias may develop. They may be related specifically to the assailant or the circumstances of the attack, or they may be much more generalized. I appetite disturbances such as nausea and vomiting. Rape survivors are also prone to developing anorexia, nervosa, and slash or bulimia. Nightmares, night terrors feel like they plague the victim. Violent fantasies of revenge may also arise. So all these things happening in the world of organized crime. There's more that I saw in the world for organized crime. Phobia is a common physiological defense that is seen in rape survivors. Is the development of fears and phobias specific to the circumstances of the rape, for example. A fear of being in crowds. A fear of being left alone anywhere. A fear of men or women. Androphobia or gynophobia, A fear of going out at all. Agoraphobia. A fear of being touched. Hapnophobia, specific fears related to certain characteristics of the assailant. Example, sideburn, straight hair, the smell of alcohol or cigarettes, type of clothing or car. Some survivors develop very suspicious, paranoid feelings about strangers. Some feel a pervasive fear of most or, or all other people. Re normalization stage. In this stage, the survivor begins to reconcile the adjustment phase, recognize the impact of the rape for survivors from in denial. Recognizing the secondary damage of any counteract uh, recognizing secondary damage of any kind of productive coping tactics, such as rec- recognize recognizing that one's drug abuse began to help cope with the aftermath of the rape, is particularly important. Male victims typically did not seek psychotherapy for a long time after the sexual assault, according to Lacey and Roberts. Less than half of male victims sought therapy within six months. And the average interval between assault and therapy was two and a half years. King and Willett's study of over 100 male rape victims found that the mean interval between assault and therapy was 16.4 years. During renormalization, survivors experienced the sexual assault into their lives so that the rape was no longer the central focus of their lives. Um, feelings such as guilt and shame become resolved and survivors no longer blame themselves for the attacks. Rape Trauma Syndrome identifies three stages of psychological trauma, a rape survivor goes through the acute stage, the outer adjustment stage, and the renormalization stage. Those are all the things I experience in the world of organized crime. In the world of organized crime, I experience rape trauma syndrome. Rape Trauma Syndrome, RTS, is a psychological trauma experienced by a rape survivor that includes disruptions in normal, physical, emotional, cognitive, and interpersonal behavior. The theory was first described by nurse Ann Wilbert Burgess and sociologist Linda Lytle um, Holmstrom in 1974. RTS is a cluster of psychological and physical signs, symptoms and reactions common to most rape victims immediately following a rape, which can also occur for months or years afterwards. While most research into RTS is focused on female victims, sexually abused males, whether by male or female perpetrators also exhibit RTS symptoms. RTS paved the way for consideration of complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which could more accurately describe the consequences of protracted trauma than post-traumatic stress disorder alone. I really don't like calling post-traumatic stress a disorder because I don't want to um, unnecessarily stigmatize people. That's adding more trauma when you think about it. The symptoms of RTS and post-traumatic stress syndrome overlap. As might be expected, a person who has been raped will generally experience high levels of distress immediately afterward. These feelings may subside over time for some people. However, individually, each syndrome can have long devastating effects on rape survivors, on rape victims, and some victims will continue to experience some form of psychological distress for months or years. It has also been found that rape survivors are at a high risk for developing substance use disorders, major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and other disorders. And I want you to understand more of how I think. I am for pro-hoism, a working definition mood, a sex positive manifesto for black slash brown women and femmes. I love pro-hoism because it has erotic labor critical theory. Black and brown cis assume and declared women non-binary folks erotic slash reproductive body politics, rights of justice, critique of, um, uh, constructive critique of sex positivity need it Even though I love sex positivity, it can be more mature and it should be. Queer, queer slash transgender sexual liberation. I love, I, I am thankful for all these concepts because it helps us to appreciate, um, gender and sexual diversity and, the sexual beingness of gender, sexual diversity as well. I used this article before, but now that you know more of how I think, let's do this one more time. So, so I am for pro-hoism. I am for pro-ho-womanism. That makes me a pro-ho-womanist. Derived from our colloquial pro-ho. Yes, I am proud to be pro-ho. And I'm going to. And spelling altered to reflect difference and refinement. H-e-a-u-x, h-o-e. I love it. I love all this. And I'm going to make it clear. I love the hoes, and the hoes love me. I love the tramps, and the tramps love me. I love the sluts, and the sluts love me. And I notice in hip hop and on the streets, they, they tend to call women skeezers. I love the skeezers, and the skeezers love me. They call women with lower back with lower back tattoos, tramp stamps. I love tramp stamps. And women with tramp stamps, they love me. And I love women with tramp stamps. I love the sex workers and the sex workers love me. I love the round the way ladies and the round the way ladies love me. I love the neighborhood women and neighborhood women love me. And in hip hop, they call some women fly bitches I love the fly bitches and the fly bitches love me and when I say these words and talk I'm talking right now it's non misogynistic it's non sexist it's non chauvinistic no bravado no machismo no moxie no macho man no toxic masculinity no hyper masculinity no cis heteropatriarchy no cis sexism no heteronormativity and no heterosexism it's all coming from a place of phylogeny chivalry and gentlemanliness And I truly, truly mean that from my heart. And and I'm going to say this. In hip-hop, they call some women bad bitches. I'm just telling you what they say. I'm not saying these things to disrespect women nor girls. I'm just saying I'm turning the viciousness that's coming from them and I'm flipping it to say I am truly hospitable and well-mannered towards all types of women regardless of what you call them even if it's hostile I love bad bitches and bad bitches love me And I truly mean that from a place of empathetic compassion for their humanity, because I truly am endeared to all of them and all of them are
1: dear to me. It's
0: not coming from a place of superiority nor inferiority. It's not coming from a place of self-degradation. It's not coming from a place of arrogance. Um, It's coming from a place of we're equals, we have equilibrium, and we have equity. We have symmetry. We have chemistry. We have compatibility. That's what I'm saying. And there's more for me to say. So I am a sex worker woman. I'm a feminist, and I'm a hustler hoe committed to collective and personal justice, not just sexually, but through recognition of labor and physical security. Mm. All those words fit who the fuck I am. And I love the thoughts, and the thoughts love me, T-H-O-T. that because a lot of times these women are demeaned, decimated and degraded and downgraded me on the other hand I appreciate all of them and they all appreciate me because it's coming from a place of mutual honor um collective respect and We celebrate each other's full humanity and we're all of each other's full humanity. And there's also group protection for us all, Um, team safety for each of us. And we are fully in favor of and support of every one of us. I am radically thoughty and I am proud of it. I am curious about my sexuality, about my birth and my rebirth, about challenges and changes, about redemption and reparations, about the physical and emotional. All those things fit me. Loves the river and all its incarnations, I do. A pro-sex, pro-pleasure politic that is specifically centered on the multiply marginalized all me might be marvelous. I am marvelous. One who owns oneself and one's own sexuality, gender expression, regardless of whether or not they're attached to a man or masculine person, all fits me perfectly. Okay, number two. A womanist who rejects anti-host sentiments as well as respectability, radical, racial, capitalism, and whore hierarchies. All those words fit me perfectly. Reject misogynoir, or all forms of misogyny, period. All forms of misogyny, period. That's all me. Does not accept nor engage in active or passive transphobia, homophobia, colorism, xenophobia, classism, or anti-blackness. All those fit me doesn't juxtapose the erotic and pornography, recognizes that non-exploitative pleasure comes in varied forms, is not always sex-centered and is paramount to the human experience. Against all forms of erasure and systemic oppression, recognizes that solidarity is impossible without acknowledging difference and rejects the urge to homogenize experiences experience under the guise of inclusivity. Ah, oh, all these things fit me so perfectly. Rejection of the idea of one standard of femininity as determined by genitalia, transphobia, slash intersex erasure, and denial. Eco-womanist-minded in the sense that they are against the environmental racism that plagues black and brown indigenous people across across the globe due to industrialization, pollution, and redlining, which locates passes, materials in poor. Black and brown neighborhoods committed to safety while marginalized peoples. A rejection of phallocentrism, dick-centrism, gender, biological essentialism, racism, cissexism, heterosexism, fatphobia, ageism, ableism, and speciesism, not only in the realm of sexual pleasure politics, but in all realms, character environment as a whole. It desires to correct the exploitation of all animals and rejects the notion of human animal superiority in favor of preserving the ecosystem as a whole, committed to self, to community, to justice. All these definitions fit me perfectly. Let me keep going. Commitment to decriminalization, and de commitment to decriminalization, and stigmatization of erotic, vice, and informal labor, not just pro-casual sex and pro-promiscuity, but pro-sex worker, not simply sex choice positive, but pragmatic and communal and understands the complexity between empowerment and exploitation when residing in an oppressive or imperialist colonized state against all forms of racial and genital fetishism opposed to the co-option of prison abolitionist language by colonizers and anti-sex work activists excuse transgression for the sake of transgression being quote-unquote subversive and securing the ability to choose under the system is not inherently revolutionary Against sexual body shaming of any kind, commitment, autonomy, and agency in particular regard to reproductive slash sexual, mental, and physical health including but not limited access to abortion, antiretroviral anti-retrov- drugs, adequate child care, health insurance, and affordable housing, always centers to multiply marginalized, isn't here for supporting multicultural white supremacy, devoted to economic freedom and critiquing and dismantling capitalism, a hu- all those things all those definitions fit me perfectly a hustler, a professional hoe, prostitute erotic or informal labor who is producing, living and surviving sometimes via sexual sexual effective erotic means a poor slash working class in a all these definitions fit me perfectly yes I'm a hustler I'm a professional hoe I'm a prostitute I am pro-casual sex, I am pro-promiscuity, I am pro-sex worker, I am sex choice positive, I am sex positive, I am for reproductive rights, I am for abortion rights, I just have to say that. I am pro-sex, I am pro-pleasure, I'm an ethical hedonist, I'm into ethical pleasure. And I am pro-sex work. Now you understand all the reasons why I want to be a global ethical porn icon. Now you understand all the reasons why I wanna be a global mainstream porn with ethical practices icon. And now you understand all the reasons why I overcame the adulterous affairs that I had in my undergraduate college years between the ages of 18 through 21. I am proud to be a thought scholar, the thought scholars love me and I love the thought
1: scholars.